Blog Talk Radio. The Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show. The Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show. Your hosts are here for the show tonight to interview our special guest. A show highlight, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, boxing, tennis, golf, story. Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, tune in for all the news and scores, reporting on the games, and so much more, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, the Allen and Sports Talk Show, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show. Great night here tonight on the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk podcast. It is Friday, February the 3rd, 2023. We are already a month into the 2023 calendar year, and uh, tonight we've got uh, a lot of great stuff to get to. I want to welcome all of our listeners here uh, this evening, and of course, uh, it's not the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk podcast without the aforementioned Allen, who is with us here tonight. Uh, Allen, good evening. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. Really appreciate you being here. Really appreciate our listeners, and definitely excited for a fantastic show tonight on February 3rd. Perfect. Well, one of, of course, uh, right out of the gate, uh, I think our excellent sponsor. We've had almost a full year sp- uh, partnership here with uh, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce, uh, which is, again, so delicious and addicting that you may need a support group. And tonight we are uh, essentially that support group. So uh, definitely thank Chef G for his uh, great success. I saw some new stuff on his uh, Facebook page today. It looked very, very delicious. And, of course, that barbecue sauce is a great, uh, great thing to have here with the Super Bowl just around the corner, so definitely get yourself one of those four packs and enjoy um, enjoy what he's got there. Uh, Alan, I know we are both uh, really excited about here tonight. Uh, why don't you tell our audience, uh, our listeners, uh, what's on tap here this evening? Yeah, the great thing is we got a great show for you guys tonight. We're going to go ahead and debut a great Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce song. Then right after then, we're going to have our very own special guest, you guys asked, and now we've answered. We've actually got our first professional wrestler and musician, Daisy Kill, joining us live. He's got a new rock single coming out next week. He's also on the list of the top five prospects of wrestling. So we got a fantastic, fantastic guest. And Daisy Kill also wrestles primarily in the Miami, Chicago, Nashville, and Las Vegas markets. In addition, He's a former MMA fighter and boxing gold gloves winner. So 
Daisy Killer is going to be joining with us very shortly. But let me go ahead and debut the special Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce song written by Sam Scola. We'll play that song, and then right after that, we'll bring on our special guest. Counting for variety, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. Natural flavor, Chef Cheese, Florida barbecue sauce, Florida gold honey mustard on burgers and ribs, tasty fusion on pork and sausage, a classic taste for chicken steak chips, a hot on meatballs and ham It's a cookout treat Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce Serve on fish and vegetables Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Yeah, I tell you what, after hearing, hearing that, that yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was say, after hearing that, I want to get out, uh, get out and get some wings after uh, after the show tonight. So uh, definitely thank sure. uh, Sam Scola for that. That was perfect and uh, really. Uh, um, Give some uh, extra flash to Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. So, Alan, why don't you go ahead and take over? <laughs> yeah, so it was definitely you can get a four-pack at flbbqsauce.com, flbbqsauce.com. So without further ado, let's bring the one and only Daisy Kill right on. How you doing so far tonight? What's up, guys? It's Daisy Kill coming at you, coming at you, coming at you live. From Alan and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show, brought to you by Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. Getting lost in the sauce over here, guys. This stuff is just <laughs> the best. I know it's Florida <laughs> Barbecue Sauce, but boys and girls, it's the best in the world. Going to have it on tap for the Super Bowl coming up. Can't get enough. There you go. That's right. <laughs> you got to get that barbecue sauce. So, yeah, you know, I was watching some of your wrestling fights, and you're doing awesome. And, you know, you fought Meadow. The only question I had is you kind of jumped the gun and got started before the bell. Any reason why you're so anxious to get to him? You know, Meadow and I got a lot of beef going back a long way. You know it goes good on beef. You know it goes well on ribs, on chicken wings, on just about anything is that Chef G's barbecue sauce. You know, I got a little hyped up on it before the match. It was a little too sweet, a little too hot. So I had to bring out <laughs> what I got from Meadow because he had been talking a lot. He'd been bringing a lot of trash, so I had to take some of that trash out for that Florida crowd in uh, Port St. Lucie. They only deserve the best. They deserve Daisy Kill, whooping tail all night, and that's what I did, you know, and uh, things got a little heated. He got busted open, but that's what happens. Yeah, you definitely did a great job. Got a, got to him early. He never stood a chance. And, you know, you one of your former wrestlers that you look up to is William Regal. Any reason why particular William Regal is the one that you know, you aspire to be be the 
feature your game the most against? Well, William Regal is just the absolute best at just, uh, you know, whooping tail and having a good time doing it. And he came out to the ring, you know, exactly what was going on, you know, exactly what was going down, no matter what town you're in, he was coming to bring it. Uh, suplexes, slams, uh, yes, ma'am. And he would just lay down the strikes all night. So he was just the guy to watch, uh, just ferocious move set, you know, great on the mic, you know, just great, great with everything. And it's just somebody that, look forward to learning to in the future, getting those opportunities. He's now, you know, working with the WWE, spreading a lot of that knowledge along to those guys. So happy to be getting brought in there this Monday night for Monday Night Raw in Orlando. It's going to be a really good time. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. So this Monday in Orlando, we can catch you on Monday Night Raw. Monday night, you know, we're going to we're gonna let the cat out of the bag, but not what's happening just yet. You know, it's full of surprises. Not sure what they're going to have us doing. You know, it's, uh, it's the start to a long journey, so we got to take it one step at a time, not count anything until it's in the bank. Okay, yeah, so definitely we'll keep an eye out for that. And, and that goes into part of what I was going to actually check into is how can someone follow you to keep up with the action? Because I know you've, you've had a couple of wrestling matches, recently quite a few how can someone best keep up with your schedule and support you right now you can hop on to daisykill.com finding all the links and avenues to the different social medias daisy kill on instagram on the facebook on whatever you need to get on by you can come and grab some daisy kill music merchandise all the wrestling matches as well as some of the past mma fights me kicking in heads all night yeah you're doing big things and and talk about that a bit, you know, the the market of wrestling here in Florida, because I know you, you mentioned you were, you've been in South Beach, you've been in Vegas, you've been fighting all over, but particularly here in, in the South Florida and all the way up and down the coast of Florida. Talk about now in Orlando, talk about the wrestling fans that you've met here in Florida. Well, the Florida wrestling market, it's hotter than the preacher's daughter. It is something that's just <laughs> always got a long history behind it always got a great infrastructure um it's just always been a hotbed for pro wrestling in the united states and lucky to be down here got my start up in chicago with a uh, superstar steve boz did a lot of training with the greatest wrestling coach tom pritchard up in knoxville had to make my way down to florida because that's just where everybody's at you want to be the best you got to beat the rest and that's where they all reside so coming on down here to meet them eye to eye yeah that's awesome you know definitely We've actually had a lot of requests here on the Allen and Aaron Sports Radio Show to have a wrestler on, and you are going to be someone we'll never forget because you got the title of being our very first pro wrestler on the Allen and Aaron Sports Radio Show. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's truly an honor, and you know, I'm, I'm I'm shocked how many people y'all are fitting in that studio. I know the tickets must have been steep, but you know, you, people got to. People got to do what they got to do to get tickets to get in there to listen to you guys. So I appreciate everybody there. Oh, we appreciate you too, and and definitely that's awesome. And and you mentioned Dr. Tom Pritchard. He's he's your trainer. Talk about a lot of the things that he's taught you so far to gotten you to this point. Talk about the the mentorship that Dr. Tom Pritchard has. Well, Dr. Tom Pritchard comes from a very deep wrestling family. He's an older brother to Bruce Pritchard, top producer in the WWE since about 1987, as well as with TNA Impact. Tom Pritchard 
uh, has wrestled just about everywhere you could across the world, holding the WWF Tag Team titles with the Heavenly Bodies back in, I think, believe it was 95-96, managed by famous manager Jim Cornette. And uh, Tom Pritchard's just a wealth of knowledge, somebody that uh, somebody that puts everything he has into his school into passing on that knowledge. I've been to a few different, I guess you'd call them wrestling educators, and Dr. Tom is somebody who doesn't delegate anything. He's in that school 2 p.m. to 10.30, five days a week. Every single drill, every single item that needs to be done, he's hands-on, eyes-on, ears open, lots of feedback, and brutally honest, and that's what you need. You need brutal honesty. You need uh, you need somebody who's just going to cut right down to it, and that's something that uh, was just invaluable for me. So he yeah, was able he- to show a lot of the – show a lot of the technical aspects, show a lot of the, the body language and the presence that one needs to, to captivate a crowd, to hold their attention, and to ultimately what's most important to get the win. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, he's he's definitely somebody who has a wealth of knowledge, and it's paid off because, you know, you landed on the top five prospects. Talk about that achievement moving all the way up to a top five wrestling prospect right now. Well, yeah, that was a great that was a great article put out last word on sports on Sports Kedia, um, writer Ryan Bowman, once again a longtime pro wrestling writer, also rest, uh, writes for the NFL, Major League Baseball, and uh, obviously he's got good taste. He's got you know been picking some good ones to put me up on that list. Uh, real honored to be on there with some of the other great wrestlers on that list. Uh, Anthony Katina, former competitor of mine, we've gone at it a few times few other guys on there as well that are just you know like i said florida's got some of the best wrestlers around nine of the top ten i'd say they're all on that list so just moving on up i don't think i'll be the only one that people see more of and uh you know it's something that validating it's nice when you've been putting in a lot of work but you know it's it's nice to be able to show what all those other people around you, the people that have been supporting you and pushing for you and encouraging you. It's nice when they can see something and point to something and said, you know, I helped with that. So it's always good to be putting out some bit of recognition. Yeah. And one support system that you have is, is a lot of support from your mother. Talk about your mother, Mary and, and her support that she's given you throughout your wrestling and music career. Oh, Mary Trout knows what it's all about. You got great parents, both Mary and Bill. <laughs> Um, grandfather as well, uh, you know, just uh, my brothers around me, blessed with uh, many great friends. And, you know, I, I couldn't be luckier to have the people around me that I do. And mother is always somebody, <laughs> listen to me, mother, my mom's always somebody who's, uh, who's always encouraged me and pushed me to be the best, who's pushed me to hold myself to higher standards and to, uh, to have a sense of resolve and a sense of dedication and determination and no doubt in myself. And that's something I'm still trying to put into practice. Ever since I was little, she had me uh, in different combat sports. I still remember I was probably about five or six years old. You remember old, uh, what was his name, Billy Banks? Billy Banks with those Tybo videos? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Even even before she got me in the, in, you know, in the martial arts classes and in the wrestling in school, had me in the living room there punching and kicking and everything else. So, you know, couldn't be luckier to have a parent like that support me and still to this day trying to hold me accountable, trying to keep me, you know, keep me as uh keep me as the best making me into the man that I need to be to succeed and accomplish these goals that we have. Yeah, she definitely is pushing you into doing big big things. You have a, a 
and boy, the left mouth on her. I wonder where I got it, huh? Yeah, <laughs> it, it ain't just the hair. It ain't just the hair. I got I got running my mouth from her too. She's talk 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 up the storm, passing on the torch to me, and now I'm going to keep yapping away for. <laughs> well, she got you in the right professions. You know, you can use your voice for singing and also for wrestling, and that's oh, all. Yeah, and it's, it's something we always watched growing up. Uh, sorry to cut you off there. She always had. You know, we were always watching pro wrestling. Growing up, she used to be a big fan of the Killer Bees back in the 80s and 90s. My granddaddy and I used to watch it as well. We, I still go over. We still watch a lot of the wrestling programs throughout the week whenever we can. And it's, uh, you know, it's something we've always liked all the way back to the days of Dusty Rhodes and Florida Championship Wrestling. So couldn't be happier to be out there doing it. Yeah, I mean, definitely it, it sounds like you got a long, long history of, of wrestling. And now that you've actually have a career of it, what are some of the things that you've learned while being in the business that you probably didn't know while watching it? Well, you got to be slick. And I don't just mean in the ring, but I mean backstage. You got a little bit of the politics, you know, a little bit of the little bit of business to be done at all levels. Of course, you got to put on a good match. You got to be physically in shape. You got to be able to talk. You got to be able to walk the walk, but you got to handle your business. You got to be able to sell tickets. You got to be able to move that meter. So there's a lot of aspects that go into it. It takes a physical toll on you, but a a mental one as well, you know, and learning, learning the business side of it, learning the network and learning, uh, you know, the people skills that are required, just like in any business, any industry, you know, your your net net worth is your network, uh, network is your net worth. So. Yeah, that's a great point that, you know, you got to, go out there and, you know, promote yourself and get along with people and have a good name behind just, you know, the wrestling. And speaking of that, you, you did fight Cha-Cha Charlie that, that did unfortunately end up in a loss. Are you looking to avenge and fight Cha-Cha Charlie again? You know, I wouldn't call that a loss. The man had to cheat to beat me, but you know what? That's (laughs) what they do. You got some guys like that. You know, you got some guys who want to bring up losses on air on the radio, but I'll let that slide. That's all right because you're a good guy and I love your program. But Cha-Cha Charlie, the Florida heavyweight champion, him and I had a good match, a really great match early on in my career. Really, really happy for it. It was the first time I got to bring out the ukulele, sing some trash songs to everybody down there in Miami. Because let's be yeah. honest, Miami's full of trash. But, you know, <laughs> we had to let them know it. So they were happy to see him cheat and get the win by hook or crook, but – it is something that I'm looking to get back. It is something that I'm looking to, to avenge in time. Him and I are both on the same wrestling event tomorrow night in Hialeah, Florida, for Coastal Championship Wrestling. They got a sold-out crowd down there, sponsored by Unbranded Brewing Company. And, you know, they put on a good event. A lot of people, Dade County, they pack out the house, and they always have a real good time. Yeah, it is definitely it is a great crowd there, Hialeah. I know it's not your favorite town, but they do come and support. That's for sure. Yeah, most towns aren't, but you know what? What can you do? They ain't, uh, they ain't Tampa Bay, right? That's right. <laughs> and I think well, I've got had a, a question for you. Yeah, yep. I got a little bit of a different angle to take on this because I, I, you know, looked at your Facebook page and, and watched some of your music and things like that, which I it's great stuff. Um, I got to ask you this. Um, first of all, with the hair, uh, which is great. I, Takes me back to Skid Row, um, back to the '80s. I, I love that look. Yeah. What were your musical influences? Uh, what what bands or what musicians uh, were your biggest influences to get you into music? 
influences, you know, goes back to a lot of the early 90s. Almost everything across the board, early 90s, is always a hit with me, whether it be uh, the grunge music, uh, the hip-hop of the time was great, a lot of Naughty by Nature, a lot of Notor- uh, Notorious B.I.G. Uh, with the rock bands at the time. Nirvana was always a top influence, and even some of the country and pop stars. Can't give me enough of them Dixie Chicks, some Shania Twain, a <laughs> little bit of the Backstreet Boys. If you're having one of those evenings, you know, lady lets you down. You gotta, you gotta croon Very about it a little yeah. bit. But always been involved in music. You know, Mother Mary had me playing the cello, the French horn. Finally got my hand on a guitar, and you know, my ukulele and piano, and still still have a few music students to this day that I try to stay active with try to try to keep passing that knowledge on like it has been to me art comes in all different forms i love i love hearing this i love seeing this uh it's a great thing uh, as you mentioned all the different instruments that you played uh, growing up and how it's culminated to where you are now which is uh, obviously a really cool uh experience for you what um of the musical experiences that you've had you mentioned four or five different instruments there what um outside of the guitar of course what is your favorite one to uh, to play Lately, it's been my ukulele, baby, because you can just take that thing just about anywhere. It's easy to, to carry on on the plane. It's easy to whack somebody across the head if they're getting saucy <laughs> with you. And, you know, I can just crank it out any time in any town, out with any crowd, let them know, you know, let them know all my, uh, all my grievances with their local municipalities and everything that, uh, everything that I'm displeased with. So the ukulele has been a real fun one lately. You know, crank out a nice little tune on it, and uh, it's a real – Real pretty fine sounding instrument. Might we see a ukulele in the um, in the event you're going to have coming up here? Or is that not really uh, something you're able to do? Tomorrow night I'll be playing a nice little song on my ukulele for Hialeah. It's nice to me, <laughs> not to them. Once again, they're 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 a town that we've got some problems running with, and I let them know all about it. And it is usually something promoters like me to bring along, like me to dish out the soap on everybody. So I try to keep it involved as often as I can. Sometimes, though, they don't deserve it. Sometimes I just got to grab the mic and let them know what I think without the without the <laughs> melody behind it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And speaking along in terms of that, do you want to be known more as a pro wrestler or a musician or, you know, both, I guess? You know, I want to be known as somebody who likes going out there, fighting, having a good time, keeping that crowd moving, but mostly having a good time for myself. And the way I have a good time, like I said, is kicking in heads and turning them. So whether that's by whether that's by body slamming, whether that's by punching somebody in the mouth, or whether that's from singing songs about the dirty South, you know, it's it's whatever it calls for that evening. Yeah, <laughs> that's fun. So definitely enjoying enjoying what you're doing is. Is always the most important thing in anything you want to be successful. So it sounds like you're doing great you on that. You entertain and, yourself first, right? Yeah, <laughs> you got to enjoy what you're doing, and you know you got working out things with this fight in Orlando. Are you still connected with CCW or OSW as well, or is it you know one network at a time? CCW is the premier wrestling company in Florida. They run everywhere between Florida all the way up to Illinois. Nashville, a lot in between. Um, but when it comes to that regional type company, basically anything below the national the national TV companies, I would say CCW Coastal Championship Wrestling is absolutely the best. But there are other companies, you know, a bit of we're a bit of independent contractors, so we do spread our wings. You know, whoever the highest bidder is on a lot of evenings ends up being where we're at. So, yeah, so that's that's awesome that you know you have different options and choices. 
that's going to suit you best. And you got well, it's a very a open market. Yeah, absolutely. And you got a song that's out now anymore. Talk about how that song is doing so far. Song's been doing well. It's the first uh, the first of about ten that we've got slated for release. Uh, I got the new music video, a new single, good coming out on all streaming platforms as well. Anymore has been lucky enough to be grabbed for some some advertising rights coming out soon on some uh, some little sponsorship type and try to make the most of it. But ultimately, you know, with the with the Daisy Kill rock songs, that's something where I'm able to put a little bit more of uh, artistic authentic, uh, authenticity that I am with some of these ukulele trash songs. So it's a great outlet for frustration when there ain't nobody to hit in the mouth. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. You know, definitely. And I'm glad that you, you have something that can keep you occupied between fights, which is always a good thing between wrestling bouts. And you also won a boxing golden gloves. Talk about that experience. Well, that was a great experience. You know, I had a real good trainers there in Chicago. Like I said, been doing combat sports since I was a little boy. Uh, you know, did a lot through the uh, the MMA world. Was having a real good time on there. Uh, was featured on Fox. My last MMA fight was featured on Fox Sports. Round knockout with a nice head kick. I just love kicking them in the mouth. And uh, there was about two weeks before a nasty car accident. Got T-boned. Got put in the hospital. About three months. Another three months in the wheelchair. About half my left, my whole left side of my body broken. But once again. Just a brilliant, absolutely wonderful family, friends, support system around me. Couldn't have asked for better care from the hospital that I was at. Couldn't have asked for better encouragement. And once again, coming back to Mother Mary, just knew that I was going to get through that. Made me just know that I was going to get through that. And as I came out of that, kind of was something that we knew would take some time before I was going to be able to get back into the grappling and the kicking aspects of MMA. I couldn't stay still, though. I couldn't, you know, stay from being competitive. So decided to switch into the boxing. The, the boxing was always something uh, was, a, was, a, was a specific part of combat sports that I hadn't dove too far into. So it seemed like a great way to, to kind of shore up those skills and kind of take care of the hands. And it, it's the sweet science, you know. It's something that I've always liked watching, and I was blessed to be forced into the opportunity to study it in depth. And... Uh, Man, just it's, it's real good in there. It's a, it's a competitive sport. Pro wrestling's got some of the toughest guys you can have. Got some of the most diverse skill set, but you you just can't get more specific. You can't get more scientific. You can't get more precise than the sport of modern boxing. When you compare it to other sports, you know other modern sports. I believe it's in its established form. You know, rules of Queensberry. It's been around just about the longest at the highest levels, and you see this such a small margin of error at those high level competitors so it's just it's absolutely brilliant it's something that i've gained a lot of respect for something that i still like to watch a lot of something that i still like to get in there and train as often as i can something i'd still like to get back to in time you know but there just ain't enough time in the day some days yeah i mean especially with you you keep yourself busy and wow i mean it's like you love to compete you know talk about your competitive nature and that burning inside of you to be the very best. You know, it's, it's, it comes down to wanting to compete with yourself, wanting to be the best version of yourself. Uh, ultimately though, wanting to have fun, wanting to have a good time. And um, you know, I've just, that's the thing that I have a good time with. Not everybody's going to have it. Other people have their interests and that's what they need to pursue is something that they find joy in something that they find passion in. And I just find passion and 
hitting people, not necessarily hurting them unless it's cha-cha Charlie or somebody else has done me wrong, <laughs> but uh, just making that contact, whether it's, you know, wrestling, wrestling in school, wrestling now, MMA, boxing, this, that, that contact, the uh, intensity of it, really the accountability that comes down to one-on-one competition, I think is something that has always been appealing to me, especially with those combat sports. You know, team sports are a wonderful thing. I grew up playing football and baseball, played a lot of travel league baseball in Florida, and was lucky enough to play on the, play on the team with my brother Andrew for a while. And, uh, but, you know, martial arts, boxing, combat sports, they just, you know, all the pressure is on you. You either you either deal with it or you don't. There's nobody else to rely on, but there's nobody else to blame. You know, all that responsibility, all that comes down to you. So that's just something that I've always uh, always really enjoyed. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's something that you're striving forward to do big things and you're moving in the right direction. Is there any particular goals that you have set that you want to achieve in the next couple of years, whether it be wrestling or for music? Yeah, I'm going to be WrestleMania world heavyweight champion with that belt around my waist. Best friend at my side. Who knows? Maybe a pretty little lady on the other side. We'll see. But WrestleMania is the goal. World heavyweight champion for the best company in the world, WWE. A few months later, a Grammy would be nice. But, you know, you got to do one thing at a time. Don't count it until – can't count it until it's in the bank. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, definitely it's uh, – it's definitely obtainable. I mean, wrestling is something that – Obviously, you're very passionate about, you have a big market, and you just need that opportunity. So I'm hoping that it's something that comes to fruition, putting it out in the, in the, in the atmosphere, but already by saying it. So, so this definitely, in Monday, it's, it's something that we can count on, or it's something that might almost right, right there? You're just going to have to tune in and see, and you know what? It's a great program to be tuning in. WWE is always putting on quality programming, telling great stories, have some of the best athletes in the world. I'm going to be there. They got me in the building. They've already, you know, they got the paycheck coming for, for it. So I don't, you know, I can't imagine they're going to pay somebody to come for nothing, but you know, once again, you got to just take what each day gives you. You got to get out there and do what you're told. And, you know, so that's, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do the best job of whatever it is they give me, try to put on a show and do to the best of my capacity. Yeah, that is awesome. Definitely do your thing. And in fact, I believe we have a call on the line that has a chance to, to ask you a question. Let me let me check in with them. Thank you for calling the Allen and Aaron Sports Radio Show. How are you doing so far this evening? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing excellent. Thank you for asking. Really appreciate it. So we have Daisy Kill on the line. Do you have a, a question for Daisy Kill? I do, actually. I, I am a big fan, and I saw him, you know, a few times, and I saw this really good-looking couple in the audience that had a hoodie that said Daisy, Daisy Kill on it, and it had a piece of meat on it, and I was wondering where I could get one. And I also just wanted to say that I think he should take that ukulele and hit Cha-Cha Charlie right in the Wonkatula. <laughs> right in the Wakatula. I wonder if that's a Midwest fan. That sounds like a Wisconsin town. They got all kinds of funky names up there in Wisconsin. One time I had a fan no, bring me a list of names. Yeah. Well, all the all the Daisy Kill merchandise is available through links on daisykill.com. 
primarily through ProWrestlingTees.com. They've got a great profit share, and they're always doing a lot of stuff for different charities in the community around them. So ProWrestlingTees.com has got probably the best prices out of any of the links. You can purchase the Daisy Kill merchandise through a lot of merchandise on there for sale, as always. And, it, yeah, and it, it looks good on folks. I'm sure that couple was looking real good with or without the hoodie, but especially good with it on. Definitely. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Thank You're you welcome. Calling. Appreciate you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So you're looking at You got fans calling in for you. <laughs> Only from Chicago. That's awesome. And Chicago. Chicago's got a deep wrestling history, too. We talked earlier a lot about Florida. Uh, Florida as a state is just about as dense as it can get. But when it comes to a single city, when it comes to a single market, I don't think there's any other city in the United States much less the world that has the kind of depth and history to it that Chicago's wrestling scene does. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I've been to Chicago and it's, it's a, a great city. It's a really a cool town to, to come and visit. If somebody hasn't been to three Chicago. Months a year. Oh, you stayed three months a year in Chicago. I said, I said, it's a nice town for about three months a year. Then oh, the sun oh, goes yeah. down. It's great. The rest of the year. You got to get yeah. on that winter bird lifestyle. Those folks got the right idea. No, you're right about that. I mean, that's one of the bad things about Chicago is that it it gets cold quick. If you don't come there during the summer, you're right about that. And but you do wrestle in Chicago, so how often do you visit Chicago now? I try to get back up to Chicago because once again, it's just an absolute it's an absolute talent pool of up and coming wrestlers, the regional wrestlers, all the big names make their way through it as well. There's a lot of great companies. I'm going to be back there in March for both uh, Lucha Libre events, which is Mexican wrestling, at Lucha Libre Total, which is always fun to practice my Spanish with them and let them know how I feel about their about their building there, and uh, also Warrior Wrestling, which brings in just some of the best names around. And uh, so I'll be up there about two weeks in March at a, at a handful of events, and then back there again in the summertime. It's, uh, once again, you can throw a rock in any direction, and you're going to hit a wrestling show about 20 minutes apart full crowd they're always coming out always having a good time if you've never been to a press pro wrestling event it's just an absolute blast an absolute great time something to get immersed in not many other areas where you're encouraged to to boo to cheer to let out any kind of emotion that you'd like and to do so with such enthusiasm yeah that's right that's why people need to definitely follow you on instagram and on your website because you got something going on in March. You have something going Monday. Any other music coming out besides the one that's coming out this week? Yeah, we've got a whole album coming out. We're releasing it one single at a time, month by month, to keep it coming. Like you said, it's a busy it's a busy week coming up. Tomorrow night down in Hialeah, right outside of Miami. Monday night in Orlando. Uh, next next weekend with the legendary NWA. They're going to be in Tampa taking on former world heavyweight champion Trevor Murdoch. So that should be an absolute time and wonderful opportunity. Also going to be running some dates with Impact Wrestling coming up in Las Vegas later this month before making my way back to Chicago. But no matter where I'm going, each stop of the way, I'm going to get hungry. I'm going to want something to eat. I'm going to want something hot and sweet. I'm going to bring Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. <laughs> That's right. Make sure you bring that Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce with you wherever you go. I can't get go. enough of it. Yeah, so it tastes delicious, and and I'm wasting definitely... my whole carry-on bag filled up with it. <laughs> In fact, tell our listening audience 
your website as well as Instagram so they get a clear understanding how to follow you and keep up with you? The easiest way is to check out daisykill.com. It's as easy as can be, daisykill.com. We've got the link to all the social media, merchandise, different um, music stream networks and platforms on Instagram and Facebook as Daisy Kill. Always putting out content, match, match clips, songs, trash-talking songs, promos and pictures, merchandise links. And, you know, it's always always a fun time to be scrolling around, flipping through things. And, you know, I was on y'all's y'all's uh, Facebook earlier checking out some of the past episodes and past content and couldn't be happier to be part of that. I think everybody, once they're done checking out daisykill.com, needs to go over to Alan and Aaron's Sports Talk Radio Show. Check out some of them past episodes because there's a lot to listen to. Definitely. Check them out. We appreciate letting the listening audience know that. And definitely we're going to watch you and keep and follow you here on the Alan and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show in your career. We're going to make sure that you keep everything in check. And in, and in fact, I think we have another caller before you go that wants to, to holler at you. Let me go ahead and see what they have to say. This is Alan from the Alan Air Swansea Radio Show. How you doing? Hey, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Really glad you called in. We have Daisy Kill on the line. I believe you have a question for him. Hey, Daisy Kill. Yeah, I, I, we, we saw you a while back uh, perform in Chicago. I think it was at Dirty Nellie's. We were just wondering how we uh, how can we download your new album? Right now, it's available, I believe, for download off of the iTunes. It's available for streaming off of Spotify, Apple Music, just about any and any and every streaming platform it's on right now. But you can always reach out to me directly. I've always been one to to leak leak little things, send out direct links, send out direct files to stuff. I just can't help myself. So, you know, just reach out, Daddy. We'll get it over to you. Sweet, sweet. Thanks. Yeah. You're welcome. We appreciate you calling in and listening to the Allen and Aaron Sports Radio Show. Chicago representing tonight, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, we love it. <laughs> Keep it going, guys. Stay warm in Chicago for sure. All right. So, yes, we definitely got a big fan base. People are calling in for you. You're, you're popular. So, definitely – we appreciate you coming on Daisy Kill on the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show, and we appreciate Mary Trout, your mother too. She she's a big supporter. She she definitely is a huge fan of you, and don't let Mama down. Keep doing what you're doing. Nine months to make it, and still working on it now. So that's right. <laughs> there you go. And I had a big I had a big head. Let me tell you. So she did her work. That's right. You know, you got the pretty long hair and <laughs> yeah, we had to shave her that. back for it, but we got it on there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, continued success and all that you do. We definitely appreciate you and we're going to keep following you and keep supporting you here on the Allen and Aaron Sports, the greatest show. Stay well and stay blessed for sure. My friend. Hey, I appreciate you guys having me on really love the program and uh, best of luck to you all as well. Same here. Take care of yourself. Best wishes. Right. So definitely really glad that we got Daisy Kill on the line. We appreciate everybody calling in. And we got a lot more to discuss. So what a fun interview. Yeah. What a fun, what a very, what a fantastically, like, like, 
I'm speechless here at this point. What a fun interview. Uh, very <laughs> insightful. Um, and, and definitely, you know, some people aren't into wrestling, but I, I think that hearing him talk tonight, this is something that I think would draw people to, to the sport. I think that, um, you know, it, it has evolved over the last 30 or 40 years in a great way. And it's, it's very entertaining. And I tell you what, he was very entertaining here tonight. Definitely happy to have him uh, join us. It was a great interview. Um, I, I, I can't say enough about it. It was just uh, great to hear and, and um, got to have him back again at some point. That, that would be really a great thing to do. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely. That's awesome. And, you know, it makes you wonder what took us so long to get a wrestler on the show. But you know yeah. what? It was for a good reason for us to have somebody as, as awesome as Daisy Kill. And we, you know, not only did we got two for one deal, we got a pro wrestler as well as a musician. And his song is, is fantastic anymore. You know, I, I played it one time and I just like, I, I can't stop thinking about that song. It's, it's, I've watched the video too on YouTube. So if you guys haven't, check it out daisy kill anymore in fact when you when we were sharing it on our facebook story just so people understand the listening audience if you check in that drop down he's right there next to some other big name artist you type in his name daisy kill will pop right up so that's awesome yeah he's going places for sure um i think within a couple years it's just everything i i heard here tonight and everything i've read about him the next couple of years, this is a big name. So glad we were able to get him on our program here tonight. Um, he's he definitely, what I liked, what I heard here tonight, what I liked is he's humble. He comes from humble beginnings and, and uh, he appreciates, you know, where he came from and who, uh, who has uh, supported him over the years. Uh, so that is definitely great to hear. It is, it is. And, you know, that is definitely, you know, I could sense that too, the humbleness and, and the support system, you know, a lot of times, one of the things that people make the mistake that I see a lot of athletes do is that they get that success, but they let that success get to their head and that becomes their downfall. You know, they, they don't know how to stay humble. They don't know how to stay appreciative of the people that supported them to get them to that level of success. That unfortunately that ends up being the cause of where they don't get to that next level or don't plateau even higher. So definitely stay humble and stay hungry like Daisy Kill, and you'll never go wrong. Absolutely. No, that's a very, very good point there. So, well, Alan, we got a lot of stuff to get to here yeah. tonight. Uh, again, the terrific interview. Uh, we're very appreciative once again. Um, a lot of big news broke in the last several days. Um, probably none bigger than this next story we're going to talk about. And I think mm-hmm. we both kind of predicted this might happen weren't sure what direction things were going to go in, but I believe it was Wednesday morning. And I texted you right after I read this. Yeah. Um, Tom Brady, at least for now, um, until somebody comes out and says, we'll pay you $50 million to come back and play at age 46. Tom Brady's retiring. He is done. Um, do you buy it? Do you think this is really the end or is this um, a repeat of last year? This one, that's a great question. And I thank you for that text. That's how I found out about it right away is through your text. That's how quick you knew. And this one felt real. This one felt like, you know what, you can even hear it in his voice. It got cracking. It cracked up and you could tell it was a lot of hurt. You know, it, it almost was like he didn't want to retire, but he thought about his options. He's a very smart guy. And I feel as if he came to the conclusion that this was my best option was to retire. 
you know, and I was just a little shocked at the timing. I thought he was going to take a little bit more time to make the decision. I'm actually not surprised that he retired. I'm just surprised that he made the decision before the Super Bowl. I thought he was going to make this announcement maybe a couple of weeks after the Super Bowl. But nonetheless, this one felt real. He doesn't, you know, as much as I, he is going to be the GOAT, he's the greatest. I don't feel as if Tom had as many options out there. So I'm not surprised. I, I, but I could hear it in his voice. It's hurt. What did you take away before we get into his options? What did you take away from the one minute speech that he made? Well, I'm going to say what I told you the other day through text message. I think that this decision was made probably sometime in the middle of the season. The Bucks did not have a very good year overall. They're in a weak division. They fortunately at eight and nine ended up winning the AF, uh, the NFC South. Um, any other division of football, they probably aren't getting into the playoffs, except for maybe the AFC South, which was also very weak uh, as well. I think he knew. I, I think he. I think he made amends in his own mind that he probably made the wrong decision coming back for this season. You're already halfway into the year. You're not going to quit in the middle. That 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 was the last thing he was going to do. Is is leave that as his end of his legacy kind of thing. So I think he made this decision probably in early to mid November. And the timing of it, I don't think is as unusual as maybe we would have all thought. I think that he probably had this in his mind for a good two months, went to bed every night with that being, Hey, I'm, I'm settled on, I'm retiring after this year's over, regardless of the outcome of the season. And I think, you know, it's been what, two weeks since the Bucks were eliminated from the playoffs. So he went to bed with that every night for another basically two weeks. And I think it was to the point where, if he had a day where he woke up and didn't feel like that after two weeks off, then he would have not said anything and just come back here. And he would have announced that probably sometime after the Super Bowl. that feeling was there. That feeling has been there for him for a good three, four months now. And I think that's where this came from. He woke up on this particular day and said, you know what? The feeling is still there. I need to retire. And he was probably fighting it all, all the way through, as, as you mentioned, the way that he got emotional in the announcement. So, um, you know, I think that uh, ultimately, you know, if he'd given it a few more days, who knows if that would have changed. But I think that ultimately his his body's probably telling him, hey, I'm 45 years old. I'm still in great shape. But another season out there getting knocked around and knocked down a lot, that's not going to do me any good when I get older. So um, he'll join Fox uh, Sports now for, um, for Sunday NFL games uh, as an analyst. I think he's going to do a great job on that. I mean, there's no – no more experienced quarterback uh, when it comes to uh, Super Bowls and playoff games. This guy started 48 playoff games. That's unbelievable. That's three seasons uh, of NFL games in the playoffs in his career. So he's got a wealth of knowledge. I think he'll be a very interesting guy to follow, uh, almost as interesting as an analyst as he was as a player. Um, now we're going to hear him talk more and give us more insight. And, you know, you think about some of the – former NFL quarterbacks that are in that same line of work. You think about Tony Romo with uh, CBS. You think about Troy Aikman with ESPN. Um, you think about um, Steve Young, who's also with ESPN. These guys give us good insight. I don't think we're going to get anything better than Tom Brady at this point because of all the experience in 23 seasons, 10 Super Bowl appearances, seven wins in the Super Bowl, second quarterback in the history of the league to win a Super Bowl with two different franchises. And, oh, by the way, what does he have, like, 800 touchdown passes in his career and 100,000 yards passing. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. So um, 
you know, he, he is the he is the goat as you mentioned there before, and I I would uh, be very willing to bet a pretty good sum of money that we'll never see anybody quite like him again, not just in football but in uh, really in sports in general. I mean, how many guys played in that many World Series or NBA Finals in their career? There's not a whole lot of guys you can mention that were in that same category. So um, I think the NFL will miss him to some degree. I know there's a lot of people out there who will say, hey. I'm a Dolphins fan, or I'm a Bills fan, or I'm a, a Jets fan. All those teams in the AFC, um, AFC uh, division that they were in when he was with the Patriots, that are like, "Hey, I'm glad he's gone now." So, um, but I, I think it's going to be interesting. It, 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 you know, you think about uh, 23 years in the league—that's a long time. I mean, 23 years. It, it, the average guy plays for maybe five or six. So he's had a career that's three or four times longer than what the average guy plays. So. Um, tell me your thoughts. I mean, are you going to miss him in the league? Do you think this was the right choice at the right time? Or what, what do you thought, uh, think about it? That's a great question, Aaron. I, I think it was the right choice for, for Tom Brady to, to retire. I do. And I don't mean that in a harsh way. I just feel as if, you know, you, you mentioned it. He's going to be 45 going on 46. The magical ride, it's, it's kind of like you ride in the real coolest roller coaster of your life. But at some point, no matter how much fun you're having on that roller coaster, at some point you have to get off. You have to get off the roller coaster. And it's sad. Like the song says, you know, Boys and Men song, it's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. And I get where Tom is coming from, you know, but it was the right decision. You know, if he came back another year, let's say hypothetically, I think it was going to end really bad for him. Not only does he risk injury, but he also risks, in my opinion, not even being the starter at the end of the year. It's just, I know how this NFL league works and it's a cutthroat business. Once you get to a certain age where people don't feel like you can perform and you're losing games, guess what? They're going to put somebody else in. And if, if you can't throw down the field, unfortunately, that's one of the things that's going to happen. I think it was the right decision for him. He leaves without you know having a serious injury. He still has his health. And you know what? The timing, I was just a little surprised he made it so soon after the season. I thought he was going to make it a little bit later after, as I mentioned earlier. But I'm not surprised that he did retire. I wasn't surprised in the announcement that he is retiring. He made the right decision. To your point, Aaron, he is the GOAT. I had a big-time Tom Brady hater that was a Dolphin fan. And for years he was saying how much he didn't like Tom Brady. But once Tom Brady got to five rings, he really had no argument about Tom Brady being the GOAT anymore, as much as he disliked him. And then Tom Brady ended up getting seven and been to 10 Super Bowls. I mean, that is phenomenal. He's had a remarkable career. He has nothing to feel bad about. Most guys would envy any type of career he's had. You know what, Tom Brady, you got $375 million as an analyst. Do your thing. You know, I know it's not going to be being a quarterback in the NFL. There's nothing you can do that can replace that. That's just the harsh reality of it. But, man, you're going down as the GOAT, the unequivocal GOAT as a quarterback, which is a tough position to play. Kudos to you. You know, kudos to you, Tom Brady, for doing your thing. Let me give him a round of applause. I hope Tom Brady hears this, but he has nothing to feel bad about. Hold your head up high. I know it hurts. Trust me, I've I've been in your situation. I won't talk about that those details over the air just yet. 
But if I ever meet Tom Brady and we get a chance to talk, I will let him know my thoughts on retirement. But you're doing the right thing. Keep your head up high. Nothing to feel bad about. At some point, the show, unfortunately, you have to turn your back and walk away from something you love sometimes. And you did it the right way. Yeah, no, that's uh, very, very well said. Now, I got to ask you this. I know you are a, a Buccaneers fan. Where do the Bucks go next? I mean, obviously, they've made some changes in their coaching staff, um, you know, with, uh, with moving on from Byron Leftwich, um, which I think he'll find another position as, a, as an offensive coordinator and get eventually uh, – I, I eventually see him as a head coach, of course. But um, where, do you, where do you think the Bucks go? Do they go into the draft for a quarterback? Do they try to go out and trade for – maybe a veteran um, for a couple of years or what is the next step for Tampa Bay? That's a great question. Now that they, you know, Tom is, is retiring, uh, you know, they'll have a little bit more cap space. I would suggest the bucks go ahead and try to get through a trade, a very good veteran quarterback, but also in the next draft, try to, you know, get a, a quarterback. So you have somebody that the rookie can watch after I think the Bucks are going to be in a rebuilding phase is what I think. I, I didn't agree with the move to let Byron Leftwich go. I didn't feel as if it was his fault, but they did. I think the Bucks are, are going to kind of regress. I don't even think they'll make the playoffs next year. I really highly doubt it. You know, one of the bad things about the Bucks is you saw it kind of this season. The Bucks have this stereotypical name called the Suckineers. And that doesn't mean that they technically really suck. It's just that they have a mentality that when things get bad, they kind of self-implode. And you could see it in their behavior. Culturally, that's what they've done prior to Tom Brady. And I think towards this year, you saw it kind of rear its ugly head. The Buccaneers need to kind of get a grip and start playing smart, fundamental football and kind of rebuild from here. I see the Bucks have a rebuilding year, and I don't expect much from them this coming up year. That's where I look at the Bucks. What are your thoughts on where the Bucks might stand? Yeah, and I think it does depend on what they do. Obviously, they could make some moves that could keep them in a competitive position going forward. Biggest problem with them is not the offense, though, really. I mean, yeah, you got to find a quarterback. That's a huge void that they have on their offense now, but their defense was not uh, – not what it should have been uh, throughout this year. Now they did blame most of this on uh, Byron Leftwich. He's the one who lost his job. Um, but I, I feel like Tampa, who is a team that's known for the defense, I think that's where they're going to really put most of their um, effort this off season, especially once they figure the quarterback situation out. They're in a division though with really underrated teams. Atlanta's getting better. We know that they certainly have some pieces that could really start to come out here in this next year or so. The Saints really underperformed this past year, and I think really the Panthers did as well. And I know you weren't a big fan of the move for Frank Wright going to, to Carolina, but I think he might be the right fit there in terms of understanding the quarterback position. Obviously, he played as a quarterback. He was um, the guy who led back the, uh, the biggest comeback in playoff history uh, back in, uh, was it 1991 or 1992? Um, so I think there's some, some validity in what the Panthers can do going forward. Now, they might draft a quarterback, too, so we don't know what's going to happen there. But I think you can make an argument for all three of the other teams in the uh, NFC South for why they are, at least right this very moment, in a better position going into the offseason than the Bucks are. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that all 
you know, shapes, uh, shapes out. Now, what the Bucks really did, let, let's be honest here, they hired uh, uh, Bruce Arians uh, for the 2019 season. He, he coached, of course, uh, one year with, uh, with Jameis Winston. That didn't work out. It wasn't a good match for, for the two of them together. So they went out and, of course, got Tom Brady. And it was really a situation of let's catch lightning in a bottle. That's pretty much what the 2020 season was. Um, they were underdogs for part of the year. And then, of course, that experience really took over. That same thing may be happening now in Denver, uh, as Sean Payton was just hired to be the new head coach there in Denver. Probably the team that had the biggest expectations, that fell the biggest uh, short of those expectations in 2022 was the Denver Broncos. I was out in Denver back in July, and people in Denver love their Bronco football. And I, I remember reading and hearing about hey, the Broncos are going to be a playoff team. They might go all the way to the Super Bowl this year. You know, they brought in Russell Wilson, a former pardon me, Super Bowl winning quarterback. And the whole thing just fell apart. The wheels came off that that uh, that cart here basically from day one. It just never worked out. So now you've got a veteran quarterback who's won a Super Bowl. You've married him to a head coach that is one of the most respected in the NFL, in Sean Payton, who's also won a Super Bowl. I don't know what the end result is going to be, but I see a lot of similarities in Denver going forward what we saw in Tampa uh, just about three years or so ago uh, with where they're trying to get. So what, what are your thoughts on, uh, on Sean Payton taking the Denver Bronco job? I think it's a great opportunity for both Russell and for Sean Payton. I really do. You know, right now they're giving, they're giving Russell Wilson all the, all the opportunities for him to go and be the Russ of old and start cooking. They're giving him, you know, Sean Payton, I, I think with him at the helm, his pedigree, his resume, I think Russell's going to respect him. And I feel as if Russell's going to be more opt to listen because he had such a poor year. I think as long as Russell kind of listens, humbles himself, willing to try something different to stretch out of his comfort zone, I could see the, you know, the remnants of the old Russell doing his thing because Denver actually has a very good defense and had Russ been cooking, I think Denver actually would have been a very, very good team, but they just didn't do what they had to do on the offensive side of the ball. You can't always rely on your defense all the time. And with Sean Payton there, there really are, there is no excuses in Denver for them not to be a highly competitive team. I think this is a, this is what Russell needs a fresh start. And he's got to turn things around. It, the pressure's on Russell more so than I think it is on Sean Payton is what I think. Well, yeah, it is because, look, if, if, they, if they go out in 2023 and go 4-13 and again, the first person they're going to blame is Russell Wilson. It didn't work with the previous uh, head coach in uh, Nathaniel Hackett, who's now, I believe, the Jets' offensive coordinator. So they let him go even before the season ended. So I don't – think they're going to do the same thing with Sean Payton. Sean Payton is, as I mentioned before, one of the most highly respected coaches in the NFL, um, maybe ever. I mean, he, he's definitely got uh, – um, look at all the teams that were lining up to potentially bring him in. So I, um, I really feel like in the second year, if you fail miserably again, if you have a, a mediocre 9-8, and 8-9 and nine type season, okay, it's, it's, it's that chemistry. You've got to figure out how to work together. And, and build and progress going forward. 
you go four and thirteen or worse this next year, the problem is Russell Wilson, in my opinion, at that point. I think you, you maybe look to make a change at quarterback because you went and put all this money and some draft picks, by the way, into getting yeah. Sean Payton. That would be the, the only thing they would do, in my opinion, and maybe bring in some other pieces on the offensive side of things. But uh, it's going to be an interesting thing to see there. Now, the other coaching uh, uh, decision that was made this past week, uh, and we talked about this last week thinking this was probably going to happen, is D'Amico Ryans, who was the defensive coordinator for the 49ers, he is now the new head coach of the Houston Texans. I think that was a great hire. I think that the Texans are going to be a team that's going to slowly progress. Obviously, they had a really, really bad year in 2022. The biggest thing that a team can do to stop regressing and stop having these bad, bad years is bring in a leadership, proven leadership, which obviously he's done in San Francisco the last couple of years as the defensive coordinator, but also bring in stability. It's really, really hard to play in the NFL. It's really, really hard to be good in the NFL. It's really hard to be consistently good in the NFL. That's probably the hardest thing to do. That's why what the Patriots did for 18 years or 20 years, whatever it was, was so incredible because just all the things that change all the time for them to be able to stay stable. So I feel like D'Amico Ryans will stabilize that team. And I don't expect a playoff team in 2023. I think anybody who who says that would be joking and kidding themselves. But I kind of feel like similar situation to where Jacksonville was at a year ago. You go out there and try to win six, seven games maybe. And you build on that, and you start building with bringing in pieces that are going to help you in the future. They're going to draft a quarterback, no doubt, in in the first round this coming season, or this uh, coming, uh, what is it, in May. Um, and they'll build around whoever that quarterback is. And D'Amico Ryans is a defensive first-minded coach. I see him using a lot of those high draft picks over the next couple of years, bringing in big pieces to a defense. And you'll see Houston, I think, be a very, very competitive team pretty pretty fast. I think in the next two or three years, you're going to see them be in the playoffs. Yeah. I'd love that move with Tamiko Ryan. And, you know, he's a guy who, who earned his spot. You know, it's great to see him get the opportunity, you know, and I think he's going to do great things with the Texans. I think the Texans were a team that, you know what, their record wasn't, didn't really show how good they were. I think the Texans people like automatically chose the other team that the Texans were playing. But to me, the Texans actually weren't that poor of a team. They just needed a couple of little things here to go their way, a couple of little breaks, and they would have been a much better team. But, you know, with D'Amico Ryan there, he's going to teach them strength on the defensive end. I, I love that hire. And I, I think that's going to be big things to happen there for the Texans. And Congratulations to both Sean Payton and D'Amico Ryans for getting their positions. Let's give them a round of applause for getting those jobs. Yeah. Now, between, so. uh, between this week and next week, hopefully we've got an answer in uh, both uh, Indianapolis and then also in, uh, in uh, Arizona. I expect they'll probably have their – coaching hires made uh, between now and when we air our next show next Friday night. So uh, that'll be something to talk about. Now, last week, uh, Sunday, obviously, was the NFC and AFC title games. Um, I picked them both wrong. I think that, uh, obviously, the the uh, Chiefs-Bengals-AFC title game was one for the ages. That was a very, very good game. It went down to literally the last few seconds. On the other side, in the uh, NFC title game, 
Um, clearly, Philadelphia was the more prepared and, and better team. I felt like if the 49ers had shown like they shown up to the game, it would have been a better, more competitive game. I'm not saying they would have necessarily won, but they looked like they were – it was almost like the, the very beginning of a boxing match. It was like they got hit in the lip or in the jaw on, on the very first few seconds after the bell rang, and they just never – never seemed to recover. They were in the game for the first, really, honestly, the first 17, 18 minutes of that game, it was tied, and then it just, Philadelphia went off, and they just didn't stop. Um, and I don't think it would have mattered if if, uh, if uh, Brock Purdy had been injured or not. They just didn't seem like, even when he was out and you had Josh Johnson in there, the Niners just looked like they were a deer in the headlights um, at, at that point. And then Jalen Hurts got to give him a lot of credit. I told you at the beginning of the season, I was rooting for him to to shut all the naysayers up, and he has done exactly that. He was injured at one point. People still doubted him, and um, I'm really rooting for him. I, I really like uh, seeing guys that were, were doubted at one point rise above it, do it, do it uh, with their play on the field, not running their mouth, and Jalen Hurts is exactly that. He, he's a true leader, in my opinion, and, um, you know, congratulations to the, uh, to the Eagles. And then on the other side, uh, you know, look um, – as I mentioned before, a great game, two quarterbacks, but I think you're going to go head-to-head a lot of times in the next 10 or 15 years. Uh, Joe Burrow and, uh, of course, Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes got the uh, the upper hand this time. It was a great game, and, um, you know, what a finish there. Yeah, it was. And, you know, I did get – speak about the Eagles first. I did get that pick right. I, I The the 49ers, the, the thing that really surprised me was – I really thought they were going to be more competitive. Yes, I did think the Eagles were going to win the game, but I did think the 49ers, I was a bit surprised in how the Eagles just kind of just dominated them. And then on top of it, the 49ers made a lot of bonehead plays. They just self-imploded, especially with the defensive end. They lost their cool and their their mental thought process. They were just making a lot of mental and silly bonehead defensive plays that made no sense. They were, they were not playing like a team that deserved to be in a, in a NFC championship game. They really were not. And that was the only surprise to me. Yeah. If you look to, and this is, this is the, the, I always, if I watch, especially a full game, I kind of go back and analyze where things went wrong. I don't know specifically where things went wrong in this game for the 49ers. Now I got to say this, it's very tough when you're third quarterback of the season who had a great year, uh, let's be honest here. I mean, not, not a lot of people knew who he was until he took over, and I think it was week 10. Um, he goes down early in the game. You bring in Josh Johnson, who has been with half the league, literally. He's played for 17 teams yeah. in his 15-year career. Amazing guy. I mean, he, he's got the same skill set that your number one quarterback that you had way back at the beginning of the season has, and that's why you bring in guys like that. You want to have guys that, that fit your offense. Once Josh Johnson went down, I'm thinking to myself, what are they going to do? How, I mean, are they going to have their punter go out there and play quarterback? They really were in a bind. But even at that point, it was still a tie game. 18 minutes into the game, you're still tied. And at that point, I looked at uh, the person I was watching the game with, and I said, if the 49ers are going to win this game, they have to do something right now. That was the turning point in the game. And once things fell apart, that defense is great. That, that 49er defense is great. That's why D'Amico Ryans is now the head coach in Houston because of what he helped do. San Francisco had one of the best offenses and one of the best defenses in the NFL this year. That's hard to do. 
hard to have a top five offense and defense in the same season. He obviously had a great year, but the defense, and here's, here's the way good offenses beat good defenses. You wear them down. And that's exactly what happened. The, the, the Eagles, they ran a lot of short plays. They took a couple of deep shots here and there. And Jalen Hurts being able to move around. And you get uh, Nick Bosa, who gets a little bit dinged up here uh, early in the game. You take advantage of those situations. When the other guy is down, you don't, you don't let up. You hit him that much harder. And I think that's exactly what the Eagles' game plan was coming in. Hey, we know that Brock Purdy got hurt. He's out now. We got Josh Johnson now out, so we're going to take advantage of the fact that they don't have a quarterback on the other side for a little bit, and then we're going to notice that Nick Bosa and a few of the other defenders are are a little bit uh, limping around out there. Hey, we're we're going to go right at them, and you know they they really the, the game plan was perfect. I think the Eagles will get into our analysis next week of who we think is going to win the Super Bowl, but I think they I think this is going to be a great matchup. I really do. I think that. Uh, Two quarterbacks, I would say their skill sets are somewhat similar. I think definitely Patrick Mahomes is better out of the two between he and Jalen Hurts. But I think this is going to be a very, very good matchup, especially when it's uh, being played in, of course, a neutral site in Arizona. So um, so that's that's kind of where I'm at on it here. I think the uh, AFC title game was a lot of fun to watch. Uh wasn't the result that I was hoping for. Uh, I'd pick the Bengals to win. But, again, good teams, uh, or even in this case, great teams like Kansas City, they're going to find ways to win games, especially when it's in you know the the, uh, the two minute warning time. So um, next week we'll talk uh, in depth about what we think is going to happen in the Super Bowl. Yeah, definitely. And and you know what I I thought the Bengals were going to pull this game out, but lo and behold, the Chiefs they outplayed them, and the Bengals just made one too many mistakes, especially that that bad penalty at the end of the game. Hey, guys, let me let you guys know who played the defense. One of the worst things you want to do when the game is getting down crunch time is make a personal foul penalty. It's 15 yards. Instead of him having a 60-yard kick, which was out of his range, it moved it up to a 45-yard kick. And just about anybody in the NFL can make a 45-yard kick. That's just the reality. I mean, that's just the reality. 60-yarders, not as many. But a 45-yarder, anybody's worth a uniform and being on a team can make a 45-yard kick. Not to say that you can't miss one, but they're, they're within range of making one at 45 yards. And that was one bonehead play at the end. But also, as much as I really, really respect and, and really love and admire his game, Joe Burrow did make a couple of ill-advised throws and that last pick was, was bad. Like, yes, you did throw a double coverage ball and the guy high pointed it, but you can't do that all the time. You understand? You you can't go to the well too many times and not get burnt. I felt as if he threw it in double coverage one too many times. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I felt like that was, especially at that time of the game. I mean, really you think about the, the chiefs and how quickly they can move down the field you know, you don't leave uh, a minute or a minute and a half on the clock for a guy like Patrick Mahomes to be able to get in the field goal range. Of course, the bonehead play didn't help either. Um, but, uh, you know, at the same time, in, in my mind, tie game, 2020 with a minute and 42 seconds left or whatever it was, play conservative there, run the clock down, 
run the football. Maybe maybe you throw it here and there on maybe first and second down, but run the clock. You know, don't don't take anything where you're trying to get out of bounds. Keep that clock running because a stopped clock – and look, the Buffalo Bills two years ago will tell you the same thing. There might have been uh, last year. You don't want to give Patrick Mahomes any extra time. He he, he All he needs is a couple of quick uh, out routes, uh, get the ball out of bounds, stop the clock, get into field goal range, and you help them get into field goal range by making a penalty. But you gave them the ball back, and that really was, in my opinion, that was um, too big of a roll of the dice. Now, I will say this. I'm really very impressed. Joe Burrow is in his third year. He's been to the AFC title game twice. They won it last year, of course. This is a special player. He's going to be a really great player for a long time. Cincinnati is in a great position. They have an excellent coach in Zach Taylor. Um, but, you know, they, they didn't quite get uh, over the hump. And I think that uh, they'll be back again next year. I don't think there's any doubt about it. They are one of the premier teams in the AFC. But you gotta you got to go back to this game and say, look, where did we make the mistake at? Well, obviously it was taking that shot downfield. And I think that at that point we'd be talking about something completely different had – had that ball not been picked off, had it been caught, we're talking about the Bengals being in the Super Bowl this year. So, um, but uh, again, sometimes you got to play. Uh, you got to you got to play the game of gambling. Sometimes, in this case, unfortunately for the Bengals, it didn't pay off. But uh, we'll we'll, um, we'll analyze what we think is going to happen in the Super Bowl next week, and of course, the week after that, we'll be talking about uh, who ended up winning the Super Bowl. We got a lot of stuff. This is a busy month for our show, uh, as we've got yeah. some big big things going on. Um, Alan, is there anything else you want to add here tonight? Yeah, a couple things. You know, number one, with the Bengals, next time you get there, cut down some of the talking. A little too much talking, too. <laughs> and the only other thing is, a couple things is, I did want to get your your thoughts on this. Do you feel, a lot of people have mentioned this, do you feel as if the NFL is rigged in any way? Um, I think that there is... I don't think it's rigged the way that uh, other things are rigged. Um, not sure what those other things are necessarily, but I, I think that they, it gives the impression because we saw some 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 things happen in that Bengals Chiefs game Sunday that just baffle your mind, where the Bengals had a stop on third down on defense, and way at the top of the screen they show this uh, you know sideline judge running in calling the play dead. Um, it just doesn't look right. And I, here, here's, here's the way I look at that is Steve Young said it best years ago. Um, perception is reality. And when there's a perception that there's something not right that maybe seems like it gives one team or the other a little bit of an edge, even though it may not necessarily be true, you can't necessarily prove it to uh, – with, with, you cannot prove it beyond a shadow of a doubt. It still looks that way fans, whether they're of a specific team or not. And I just personally felt, and I don't know how you feel about this, Alan, but I felt like it seemed like all the advantages, for the most part, went Kansas City's way. Um, and it was much like, and I'm just going to throw this out there as a fact, it was much like some of those uh, years where it seemed like the Patriots got a lot of those benefits. Um, so I think that the league needs to clean up some of that stuff in that situation. I don't know what you can do to stop that from happening, but um, you know, it, it, it didn't, it didn't look good. It's not a good look for the NFL, which is a league that prides itself on trying to get things right. That's why we have replay. That's why we have advanced replay and you have a replay official and, 
all those sorts of things. It just doesn't look right for the game that that happened. And here's the fact, too. No one on the field actually saw that official coming out there and blowing the whistle. So the fact that they even still um, stopped the play after it had happened is, in in my opinion, mind-boggling. So what, what are your thoughts on it? No, I agree. I, I definitely do think it wasn't a good look for the league. I, I couldn't really argue that point. You know, as you said, perception reality. And you gave Patrick Mahomes two opportunities to make a first down. I mean, you, one thing I know is I'll tell you about great players. You might get away with throwing that meatball down the middle of the plate to a great player and they foul it, they miss it, they just miss it. And it might happen one out of 10 times. But I tell you one thing about great players, you throw it one more time, it's going to be 30, 40 rows back. You understand? Great players, you don't give them a second opportunity to make a right because they're going to make a right. And that's what happened with Patrick Mahomes. He, you know, you gave him a second opportunity and it didn't surprise me at all that he made the first down. So it wasn't a good look. The NFL has to clear this up. Let the play go on. You know, I don't know why they blow the whistle so quick when a play is going on, when it changed possession. You can always replay it later. Let the play go. You know, it, it did. It wasn't a good look. It did feel to me just watching a game. I'm, I'm not a Bengals fan, per se. I, I wanted the Bengals to win, but I'm not a Bengals fan. It did look as if the refs had it in for the Bengals to give Mahomes. They didn't rig it and give Mahomes the win but they made it look like they were giving him every opportunity to win. You understand? And it wasn't a good look. I don't think the NFL is rigged. I, there was a player, which I'm not going to mention a name, brought up a lot of conspiracy theories this week about it being rigged. I don't buy it. I really think it's just clout I don't chasing. Either. It's just clout chasing, in my opinion. Somebody wants to have some headlines, stir up some rumors. I don't buy that the NFL is rigged one bit. Did it have a bad look? It feel yes it did but it's not rigged yeah i 100 percent agree and i know that player you were referring to and i'm just going to be honest here this is my theory on that i had never heard his name before until i read that article and that seemed to me like somebody who was trying to jump on like get a 50 minute of fame out of it kind of a thing um but yeah i i don't think it i i definitely don't believe it's rigged i think there are certain situations though where you can definitely see that there's a feeling at least that one team is favored over the other. That, that's just, it's hard to, it's hard to ignore that. No, I agree. And, and not only that, I'll even take a step further. I feel great players, you know, a la Tom Brady, as you mentioned with the Patriots did get a lot of favoritism with the refs because of their status. You know, there was a game with the bucks where, you know, Tom Brady got pushed down and he wanted a, a personal foul. And even the guy, you can read his lips. He clearly said, are you kidding me? Like you want a personal foul on that? And I agreed with the, with the defender. Like, all right, Tom, I'm a Bucks fan and I want you to win, but come on, that is not a foul. Like, but yet he came, but so close to convincing the ref to throw that flag because of who he is. And and yeah, I, I, I don't think it's rigged. And to, to, to your point, to that player, I do, know, I do know who the player was. I think the player is a little bitter just because of the fact that they were 
for about a year or two, kind of like the man around town that was many years ago. Now they're not. And to, to your point, I think they were just trying to pull some rumors to get their 15 minutes of fame. That's 100% what that was. No question about it. So, uh, but good, good insight there. Um, yeah. You know, obviously this is a fun time of year. And let me just throw out here the next couple of weeks, uh, you know, sports wise, think about the next probably about two months. So obviously we're on the doorstep of the Super Bowl. That's next weekend. Speed Weeks in Daytona 500 is the week after that. You've got pitchers and catchers about to report to spring training, which is always an exciting time of the year. Um, you've got, uh, you know, you've got uh, uh, NCAA basketball tournaments a uh, month or so, maybe a little more than a month away from starting, and then um, Major League Baseball opening day, and then you have the Masters in there. So this is going to be the next uh, – eight to 10 weeks are just going to be full of news. This is probably one of the busiest times of the year. And then of course, yeah. not, not long after that, you have the NBA playoffs as well as the NHL playoffs uh, beginning as well. So, so much stuff to talk about here over the next several weeks. We're going to have a lot of fun, a lot of content and uh, really looking forward to it. I am too. And we, you know, you got the XFL too, that's starting up right after Super Bowl. So this, you're absolutely right, Aaron, to your point, this is a busy time of the year. For sports fans, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show, we're so glad that we're able to go ahead and give you guys such, such great content. There's, there's going to be a lot of great things coming up. We don't want to spill, kind of like Daisy Kill, we don't want to spill all the beans before, you know, before they actually fall into place. But we have a lot of great things coming up for you guys. You guys are definitely well-valued and a lot of great, speaking of that, not only got the XFL, we have boxing news, which I'm going to share real quick, that I did want to, first and foremost, say congratulations to F.A. Ajaba and his new wife, Tia Renee. They went ahead and tied the knot. They got married, and congratulations to both of them. Let me give them a round of applause. So, yes, F.A. Ajaba was somebody I was in a press conference with when I actually my first press conference, come to think of it, for top rank, F.A. Ajaba was the boxer I had to research. And I've been following him, and he just got married to Tia Renee, who I also follow. And it's just cool that, you know, you you see her in the ring, and now that they're married, I did see that. So I definitely wanted to give them a shout-out. I did also want to say that, Nico Ali Walsh, I expect him to get another win. And also Alicia Bumgarner, I feel as if she's going to pull out a win as well. I'm going to keep you guys up to date on some other great boxing news. I have, I feel like I owe it to you guys. You know, I know I have a lot of boxing fanatics and boxing fans and boxers that do follow the show and also I'm friends with. I'm going to, I promise you guys, I'm going to get to a boxing event. It's been a minute since I've been to a boxing event, but I'm going to try to find time to get out to one. So keep me accountable to that. But I I definitely want to give a shout out to all my boxing fans and fanatics who love the content that I put out there. I will give you a lot more. So more to come on that. Anything you got to add, Aaron? No, I just uh, would say that, you know, keep, keep, uh, Keep listening in. Uh, we've got some great stuff coming up in the future. I uh, definitely like to keep people entertained. And, and uh, there's some cool stuff coming up here in about two weeks that I think 
um, people are going to be really excited about. We'll uh, kind of leave that as a cliffhanger here as the show ends here tonight. So I want to thank again our great sponsor, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce, and also thank Daisy Kill for, for promoting the heck out of him tonight. Uh, it was a great job there. I really <laughs> love what he did um, to, to help out there on that. Um, that was uh, certainly tremendous. Uh, I want to thank Daisy Kill for coming on tonight. Uh, that was a fantastic interview, as I mentioned before. Uh, a lot of fun to talk to and uh, great insight, as I mentioned there before. So uh, for our guests and for our sponsor and for uh, Alan, this is Aaron signing off. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you.